This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Last night in London, Ontario, big event going on at Budweiser Gardens. It was WWE's Sunday Stunner. I took my five-year-old son, Grayson, to his first wrestling match, Jim. Nice. He was into it. Yeah. Have you taken him to shows before where he loses interest halfway through, but this one he was like right into it the whole time? Oh. He was screaming, yelling. I I think he was into it because I was into it. And we talked about this last week. Wrestling gets more impressive the older you get. Yeah. Even though it's not 100% real, per se, just seeing those guys hit the mat hard. Yeah. Like, I, I get concerned when I have a big sneeze coming <laughs> that I may injure myself. And they're just, oh, it's it's incredible athleticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've invited our friend Mark from Fresh Radio, our sister station, into the studio because he's the biggest wrestling fan we know. And Mark, I spotted you last night. You had great seats. I was literally at the barricade there, and I apologize for my voice already. As you can see, I was very, very excited, so I'm trying to like lube up the voice this morning, but wow. I saw you stand up at one point, and you were screaming in the face of that uh, the selfie guy. There's a guy, his shtick is... Theory. What's his name? Theory is his name. Theory is the guy, and his shtick is he loves taking selfies. (laughs) (laughs) His selfie shtick? You see, this guy, when he beats people down, he gets all cocky, and he takes a selfie with them. So he got thrown out of the ring, and I thought, you know what, bud? I'm going to give you a little taste of your own I medicine here. I love it. You're like part yeah. of the show. That's yeah. hilarious. He turned around quick. He, he looked like he was scared of you. I, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. See, I'm in a weird stage, though, Taz. Like, you were there with your son, which is great, but I'm in a weird stage where, like, I'm about to have a kid, so I'm, like, kind of the guy. I'm not a kid anymore, but I also don't have a, a kid to bring yet, so I'm, got, like, yeah. pushing children You don't have any nephews way. or... Uh, not really, right? It's just me there, like, you know, yeah. trying to get the high fives for my Myself, so. Pushing kids out of the way. Nah, it's me, Timmy. <laughs> Corey Perry was sitting right beside us, which was which was fun. Someone said something about, uh, they're like, oh, Corey Perry wouldn't like that. And I'm like, that's a weird thing to say. And then I looked over, I'm like, oh, he's right there. Yeah, right that makes, makes sense now. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Trish Stratus. Oh, <laughs> easy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Trish Stratus was the master of ceremonies. Yeah, she, uh, she came out there and got the crowd all hype. You know, good Canadian girl. Girl, so she's got it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my favorite guy was the Shoosh guy. Oh, Chad Gable. This guy, he is just he plays the D bag perfectly. <laughs> he's like a what? he's a heel. His shtick is shoosh, like he's shooshing the crowd, like shush, <laughs> shoosh, shoosh. He's like a librarian. He's yeah. a douchey librarian. <laughs> That's shoosh. If everyone starts starts booing, he <laughs> tries to shoosh him. But he came out and he did the the classic. Uh, he's like, when they told me. That I was going to be going to London, I said, great, because in my eyes, London is one of the last (laughs) bastions of class and intelligence. (laughs) But then I found out it was London... Ontario, Boo. the decrepit, <laughs> hellscape, <laughs> classless. His tag team partner is Otis, a big, a big old guy. He's a yeah. bowling ball of a man. Yeah, yeah, Otis. Otis, the food is terrible in London, <laughs> Ontario. 
Otis can't even get a decent meal, and a hungry Otis <laughs> is an angry Otis. That's amazing. That's where I lost my voice because I had to get, you know, I had to defend Art London. Yeah. So that's yeah. where I was, ah, you know, you're screaming back at him. Yeah. yeah and, and did you get shooshed? Did you I got shooshed right yeah, to your yeah, face? Yeah. yeah. Shoosh! <laughs> Which, as a wrestling fan, I'm like, you know, I'm freaking out. Now. He shooshed me. He shooshed me. I got so shooshed funny. by that guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love the way they can just manipulate a crowd. It's perfect, eh? It's like oh. becoming that character and uh, getting people to hate you, even though everybody knows it's a gimmick, but you just get caught up yeah. in it. You, yeah. you know they're all backstage. It's like, all right, what would people in London boo at? <laughs> well, what about you compare them to London, England? Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. About eight different wrestlers did the same mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. This is not the good London. <laughs> boo! Oh. <laughs> I'm there, hook, line, and sinker. I'm yeah. there for it. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, you got five years until your, your kid can go with you to the wrestling <laughs> events. Until then, maybe you can tag along with me and my son next time. There we right? go. I'll, I'll be looking for that invite next time. I'm, I'm never coming down from this high. I got to, you know what? This is just what a night. <laughs> Highly recommended. I haven't been to a WWE event for years, but boy, is it entertaining. The crowd, how would you think of the crowd, Taz? Because, I mean, like, when People I first watching, showed up. Top notch. Yes. And... They get into it again. They start the chants and stuff. Like I was that, screaming eh? and yelling. I'm yeah. not a wrestling fan, and from like the first body slam, I was <laughs> I was cheering and booing right mm-hmm. along with everybody. It was a ton of fun. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Taz and Jim with you, and we've got to uh, bring you an update on the biggest sporting event from the weekend. The Slow pitch tournament at Cornfest in Mitchell, Ontario. Mm. Going to Cornfest, let's party all night. Yeah, we're all going to Cornfest. Grab a corn cob, take a bite. Don't care if I suck at baseball. Gonna play anyway. Gonna drink all night at Cornfest, then maybe eat Subway. Breaker Breaker, looks like the baseball tourney is underway. Not sure how it's going to go because everyone's been boozing since 10 a.m. It's getting pretty sexy here, though. It might be time for some cornication. Jim is from Mitchell, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corn Fest put on hiatus like the rest of life because of COVID. So this was the triumphant return of your hometown festival, Jim. Mm-hmm. And success? Big success. Shout out to the Grizzlies, a slow pitch team in the area who put it on, and they did a great job hosting it, cleaning the diamonds, doing the groundskeeping, uh, not being aggressive when people were staying after the, you know, when they're brooming people out. They're very kind. Uh-huh. I was one of them <laughs> on Friday. I you, burned the midnight oil. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay yeah, here. They're very kind about it. Well, of course, everyone wanted to stay. We had heard rumors that beer prices in the beer tent were going to be $4. And they were. That's Now, you can only get uh, Bud Light and Caesars, but actually, I think there was like some sort of seltzers in there. I didn't go down that path, but uh, great time. Were Caesars $4 as well? I think so. Well, maybe not. I I think they're all the same ticket. I don't know, but either way, it was cheap booze. It didn't matter. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to Joe's Diner providing food. uh, That was awesome, too, because the booth in Mitchell is condemned. (laughs) I don't know what happened, but there's like... What is the booth? Like the snack bar? Yeah, it's old and like it's shuttered now. So like the Joe's Diner came in and provided food because you legally have to, right, when you're serving booze. So that was great. That was a nice treat. And you know what? I played for the team called the Red Caps, Mm -hmm. and we won. You won the we whole, won the whole Corn Fest tournament. <laughs> the C finals. We won. 
Hold on. What, what was that? This, <laughs> I said we won. The C the finals. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so he went 0 2 first two games, and we have good players on the team. Maybe we're over the hill a little bit, but we went 0 2, and I was like, oh, you guys are screwed. But then we won four games in a row to, nice. to win the toilet bowl. And how did you do? Because you were worried after not swinging a baseball bat for a couple of years that you, Five may, or six. you may throw your back out. My back was fine. I did. By the end of the tournament, I was swinging the bat pretty good. Like the final game, I was five for five on base every time. Not a boy. And I realized, stop hitting it so hard. Just poke it over in the you little gap. It. And that's like, so I just kept on doing that. But I will tell you, it's, if you haven't caught a baseball in a while, it is hard at night to judge a pop fly. Because <laughs> like a few times I was scared. And like the second last play of Sunday, like we're, we're up on this team. We just have to make a couple catches, put them out, and the C finals are ours. And there was a ball that came short, and I ran as fast as I could. I was playing right field to get to it, and it's raining. Uh-huh. And like my gloves bouncing up and down, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to make the sickest play because I was getting cocky because I was doing all right. And then it went off the side of my glove, boom, right off my chin. Everybody laughed and went, oh! But I did knock the ball down, and I threw it to second base. I didn't get anybody out, okay, but I stopped well, the guy at first. Get in front of the ball. That's exactly. what I've been teaching my son. Sacrifice the body. Yeah. So can you see? There's like a little... That, that looks good. Thing. It's like the uh, it's like the scar that Indiana Jones has, <laughs> <laughs> right exactly. on your chin. You got a Harrison Ford <laughs> style scar with a great story to go along yeah. with it, Jim. And I told uh, give a shout out to a couple teams. I ran into a few guys there. Rostock Rumble and the Backdoor Favorites. Hope you guys had a great tournament as well. See, that's a slow pitch name. <laughs> I was a little disappointed that your team didn't have a, a sexual innuendo. Have you ever looked up red caps on Urban Dictionary? <laughs> I don't think Me I neither, want but to. I'm sure something will pop up. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Well, congratulations, Mitchell, Ontario. And all the small towns out there, Zurich Beanfest, mm-hmm. Calpalooza in Woodstock. Sure, sure. You know, all these small town festivals that have been on hold for a Waterford couple of years. Waterford Pumpkin Fest. They're back, yep. baby. Fighting out of London, Ontario. Canada, Sam Heads of Stone Style. Yes, we welcome to the Taz and Jim program, retired UFC fighter, Sam Stout. How are you this morning? What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Good, man. So UFC 278 on the weekend. There's a couple incidents... Inst- inc- incidences? Incidences. Instances? Instances. Yeah. I didn't know I, it was between two words on that one. <laughs> there was a couple things. A <laughs> couple things that happened uh, during the pay-per-view on Saturday we wanted to address. Uh, Sammy, let's start with what some are calling the perfect kick to the face. Describe it to pe- uh, people. It was wild. Leon Edwards was... Uh, he came out and had a first good round, a good round against Usman, who's starting to get into the debate for the greatest of all time. Like he was, I think that fight was would have tied his record for, or uh, uh, Anderson Silva's record for most consecutive title defenses. Hmm. So he's finally, you know, he's one of the best of all time. It's, he's in the argument now, and uh, Leon Edwards came out surprised everyone. Got the, took him down. He's never been taken down once in his UFC career. Uh, so he came out had a really good, strong first round, and then Usman started showing why he's champion. He starts uh, just kind of dominating, taking over the fight, implementing his game plan really well. He just it was starting to look stronger. Like he was starting to show why he was camp, and then 
you know, was losing for th- or was beating the hell out of uh, Leon Edwards for three and a half rounds, and then less than a minute or about a minute left in the fight, he just threw this head kick and it just landed perfect, and that was and it was done. That was it. It was you know the, the Joe Rogan and the guys were writing his obitu- obituary there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, know. they did the meme thing, right? <laughs> like they, now they're playing it up. Like when Joe Rogan, when something happens, they all grab each other's shoulders and they yeah, do that. Yeah. Oh! It's like the bench at a basketball game when somebody <laughs> scores a three-pointer. Oh! Yeah. Holding each other back. Yeah. It got one of those out of the, Do you have the audio there, Jim? Yeah. Is that what you got? There's the sound anyway. You think that was part of Leon's camp? Do you think that they were like, okay, you're you're the only way you're gonna win this is with a head kick, or was that like a happy accident? Uh, I think it was I think it was a bit of a like I mean everything he throws on purpose, but so you can't really call anything an accident, but I th- I don't think that was part of the game plan to wait till the last second and, and throw up a Hail Mary head kick. I think he just got you know, um, Usman was pressuring, pressuring, pressuring the whole time. He barely took a step backwards, and then he's in round five, and he just kind of let off the gas for one second. That's it, all it, it takes like, sometimes. It was one, yeah, it was like he took one step back the whole fight, and it was, re- and then Edwards just capitalized perfectly, threw that head kick up, and bam, it was right on the button. Like, they kept showing the replay, and you just see all the sweat flying off his head, and it was just like, Oh yeah, the slow mo. You see, like mm-hmm. the vibrations through his cheek. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, it was it was like perfect. I just like had my jaw dropped, and I just stuck both hands in the air, and I think I was frozen like that for like a good forty five seconds. Like, <laughs> you know, just just completely speechless. And then uh, they were showing the crowd's reaction and the and everyone's reaction, and everyone was the whole place did the exact same thing. It was just like <laughs> it was nuts. This is what I wanted to talk to you about here as a uh, as a former UFC fighter, Sam Stout. What did you think of Luke Rockhold? He was on top of this other fighter during their match, Paulo Costa. And yeah. Luke Rockhold's head was bleeding fairly profusely. And what yeah, he decided to do, nose, yeah. his head and his nose, so he decided to use that to his advantage. And he started rubbing his face on the other fighter's face to smear blood in his eyes, in his mouth, on his forehead. Like, it was absolutely disgusting to watch. Is there no, like, unwritten rule? Is there no line? I I know you want to have an advantage over your opponent, but is there not something in in the fighter code that maybe you don't do that? Yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen that. I think he was getting frustrated. It was a, it was a war. It was crazy. And uh, Rockhold was, was on the losing end of it for, for, for most of the fight. He just couldn't quite put it together. It was in Utah at altitude. He looked like he was kind of gassing out. And it was just frustration. And it, just, it, it was funny. It seemed like kind of petty almost. Like it was like, yeah, like, he, like no, he wasn't no doing it necessarily to try and help him win the fight. He was just doing no, it like, getting any little thing if him. I'm going down, yeah. you're getting blood all over your face. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to bleed in your eyeballs and your mouth and 
It was nasty. Oh, it was so gross. I, I, I know we've asked you before about, like, not showering for a week before your fight or, you know, other <laughs> know things, other one. other gross things you could do to kind of get uh, an advantage. But, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I hope this doesn't catch on. Yeah, that was a new one for me. I haven't seen that one. I mean, I've seen, I remember talking to a guy, a Canadian guy who fought, and uh, he was in one of the bloodiest fights I've ever seen, and, and, he was on top of uh, the, or he cut somebody, and then the guy ended up being on top of him, and he was unintentionally bleeding in all over him, and he was like, just couldn't help and, it, you know. He was he became, you know, he's like, I had so much blood in my ears, and my eyes, and my Ugh. mouth, and he's like, and it was all somebody else's blood, and he's like, I was scared of blood after. He's like, I'm like. You're, That's better than him being like, I think I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but except for the fact, except for the fact that now he's a UFC fighter who's scared of blood. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a bit of a hazard of the job. Do you yeah, guys get being a pilot who's scared of heights? <laughs> do you get tested? Like the fighters all get tested oh, yeah. before they go into yeah. the ring. So, like, you got some other guy's blood spilling into your mouth. Yeah, how concerned well, should you be? They do, they do blood tests, and but those things are once a year, so you know, mm. depends on how uh, what kind of, what this guy's up to in between fights. Yeah, <laughs> so still not good. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't care if somebody is, you know, n- yeah, completely clean and has passed every medical test known to man. I don't really want to drink their blood. Yeah, I, I agree. Sam hands a stone stout. Thank you for joining <laughs> us this morning to talk UFC 278. If you want to train with Sammy and uh, his team, Adrenaline Training Center in London, Ontario, look him up. What a night last night in Toronto at the Rogers Center. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Triumphant return to the 416. Are you regretting your decision not to go to the show, Jim? 100%. But, I mean, I probably would have regret went going. Because, like, <laughs> I was so tired. I played a soccer game and then two baseball games. But me and my buddy, uh, Drew, were looking up... Um, what the prices were on Friday and Saturday, and we were like about to pull the trigger and go, but uh, oh, I just just didn't FOMO. do it. I know. Well, let's call Ty. He's one of our listeners, and he sent us a message all pumped up on Friday, saying that he had front row tickets to the show. So let's see how, what his experience was like. Hopefully, this doesn't make you feel even worse about your decision here, Jim. <laughs> Huh? Yo. Hello. Oh, hello. Hey. How's it going? Front row at the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was pretty wild. And then a couple of jerks from the radio call you and wake you up. (laughs) (laughs) It's Taz and Jim. How's it going, boys? Good, Good. Front row. It was pretty good. How did you score those tickets? We signed up for the Chili Peppers uh, fan club. If you don't mind us asking, what did you have to pay? Uh, pretty price. <laughs> Over a grand? No. Okay. Well, for four tickets. Yeah, I hear Harry Styles tickets are going for over a thousand dollars, and that's not front row. Hmm. So, I, for if I you can get if you can get Red Hot Chili Peppers front row for. 
like five, six hundred bucks? I think that would be reasonable. It's very lot. What was the highlight of the show? Oh, my favorite song, Californication, as always. Yeah, were you singing along? Oh yeah. They saved that for the encore. They usually do it as the uh, second last song, and then they come out and they did uh, three or four songs for the encore. Right nice. on. Crowd yeah. right into her? Oh, yeah. There had to have been 47,000 people. It wasn't raining by the time the show started, was it? No, sir, Jim. And we uh, we played the new song, Tip of My Tongue, from the upcoming album on our show last week. Did they do that one live? No, I was hoping that was going to be their last song, but they didn't play it. They didn't do it. So they, they did, I'm assuming, didn't do any new songs live. Uh, they did a couple of the new ones from, not the Dream Canteen, but Unlimited Love. Right. Okay. The second song off the album. Oh, and nice. So what was it like seeing John Frusciante back on stage? Did he look like he was having a good time, or what was that vibe kind of like? looked like vintage chili peppers, and it felt like it was the best. Sweet. Nice. Uh, who are you lying next to there? <laughs> I wanted you not too happy about being called. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your girlfriend we apologize. You two go back to sleep or do whatever you need to do to feel better, okay? <laughs> Sounds good, boys. You have a good day. Take care, bud. Well, I'm glad you didn't go to the concert because Ty sounds like he feels like a bag of garbage. <laughs> sounds like it was worth it, though. <laughs> Great uh, time, huh? <laughs> yeah. They'll be back. Fingers crossed. I know. I hope They've so. Got a new album to promote coming up this October Return of the Dream Canteen. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. <laughs> We're just talking about stuff that pops up on your phone. I've been getting a lot lately, Jim, of ads in my Instagram feed. Um, you can tell they're targeted. Mm-hmm. T-shirts that make it look like you don't have a big old gut. Have you been seeing oh, those yeah, ads? yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's not only the big old gut ones that they're advertising to me. It's like, do you have a big gut and skinny arms? <laughs> right, <laughs> well, that's thanks. what I'm getting. It's getting very specific. In <laughs> a fat ass? Wait, come on now. <laughs> it's like infomercial style. I love the commercials where it's like, hey, has this ever happened to you? And it's like a guy who can't cut a carrot. And then it's like, try the Ginsu knife, and he's cutting carrots. Yeah, like, like a master? Like, and it's the same thing with these T-shirts. It's like, oh, you look like a fat old frumpy loser in this old T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy looks so depressed and miserable. It's and then black it, and white. <laughs> and then it flips over. And try the T-shirt that makes your gut look smaller and your arms look bigger. <laughs> now he's at a pool table. He's hitting the shot. <laughs> Five models hanging <laughs> over him. Yeah, <laughs> He's so sexy. And, and I love it because like they put him in the f- original shirt, and it's the worst boxiest shirt. Like it doesn't even—it's not even close to fitting him. Yeah, he wouldn't be wearing that shirt. No, unless he was sleeping in it. Yeah, unless he, unless he's that like crazy out of touch. But yeah, it's not that bad for me. But I do notice there. I'm, I'm trying to. I am stuck halfway between two shirt sizes. I got mm. medium arms and a, and a large torso. It's not great. Yeah, I, uh, if I find, and I do the same for pants, but if I find a shirt, the t-shirt that fits me well, I'll buy like 10. Same color? Bart Simpson style. (laughs) The uniform. (laughs) Orange t-shirt, blue shorts, that's all I ever wear. (laughs) 
And look, you can hardly tell that yeah. I have a massive gut. Yeah, no, that's cool. You look skinny. <laughs> so slimming. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. Jim, you were a doubter, man. You know, what? you just you're so negative. You're such a <laughs> you're such a naysayer. Why? Uh, I mentioned that I was going to be camping in the backyard on Friday night with my son Grayson, mm-hmm. and you said, "Oh, there's no way you're going to make it through the night." Uh, you, you'll be back in the house by 10 30. Mm-hmm. Well, I want you to know we fell asleep around 9 30 Friday night mm-hmm. in the backyard and we woke up at 8 30 the next morning. We hmm. slept for 11 hours huh. straight. Now, why don't you describe what uh, your tent looked like, Taz? Eight man format. What exactly was going on here? Because I'm hearing a rumor here from one of your buddies whose name shall remain untold, that you didn't sleep in a tent at all. No, you don't have to sleep in a tent for what were you to be sleeping in? considered camping. What were you sleeping in? It was in the pool cabana. <laughs> camping has to be in something that's mobile. So if it's an RV, it's still camping. If it's a tent, it's camping. No. If you're a stationary building... Open air, open air. We had the screens down, but you could still see outside. Okay, and what were you sleeping on? An air mat, queen size air mattress. Okay, camping. Made that's up, not camping. Made up like a, a bed with a, a side table and a duvet, probably. <laughs> camping, you have to be on the ground with a sleeping blanket. No, you can you have, have an air mattress. A, you, to okay, camp. maybe, but you have to be in a tent. You're, and then at six in the morning, you have to wake up. Your foot has to touch the wall. Dew has to fall on everybody's face because you screwed up. And then when you go to take a pee, everything shakes and it's like very, very annoying. So There's one we were, mosquito we were too in comfortable there. for it to be considered camping. Yes. Glamping? Did we glamp? I wouldn't even put the amping on it. You just slept outside. <laughs> you slept in an additional building on your property. <laughs> uh, and you're talking like you're <laughs> Daniel Boone. Oh, I'm going to take my son. We're going to learn some lessons. We might do some whittling. None of that happened. There's speakers in the ceiling, and we turned on white noise as well to drown out those annoying crickets. <laughs> <laughs> and the mosquito that's like, get in there. Oh man! Isn't there a TV in the cabana outside so you can watch like baseball during the day? We did. We did fall asleep watching Austin Powers because oh, my son's be. really into spying right now. So we watched Austin Powers. You watched Austin Powers? Yeah, I, I watched Austin Powers with my nephews. They were. Eight and ten, and I was like, "Oh boy!" There's some jokes that I'm like, "I hope they don't get that." You He's know what I young mean? enough that it was, uh, yeah, it was all over his head. I think so with my, with the, my nephews too, but I was nervous. But when he was in the hot tub with, uh, yes, with Alada, yeah, and and he farted in the hot tub, he thought that was the funniest thing true, he'd ever true. seen. But the Swedish enlarger, all that stuff, you're like, okay, he didn't get that part. <laughs> Good. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Well, I know uh seems like fewer people paying attention to the World Junior Tournament that just took place because, you know, summertime and some other reasons. But if you didn't watch the game on Saturday night, the gold medal game between Canada and Finland, you missed out on a great one. Jim, how about that, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, big win for Canada in OT. It was 2-2 going into overtime. Saw one of the greatest defensive plays I've ever seen a forward make in definitely the World Juniors, potentially in any hockey game I've ever watched. But Mason McTavish, captain of the team, point leader throughout the tournament, Hamilton Bulldog. It's like two minutes into overtime. 
Goalie makes a save. I have the clip here. I'll play it in a second so you know what's going on because the, the crowd's going crazy the whole time. Goalie makes a big save. Canadian player picks up the puck, falls behind the net. Finnish player grabs the puck, comes back around the net, shoots again. It sneaks through the goalie somehow. still has some pace on it as it's going through the air. McTavish knocks it out of the air on the goal line. Like, unbelievable hand-eye coordination. Right on the goal line. Hits the post, kind of, and sticks on the, gr- on the ice, on the on goal the line. line. He fishes it out. One minute later, they score the game-winning goal. So here's McTavish's goal line stop. This is just the save. So the crowd's going wild. (laughs) (laughs) And like a minute later, uh, Kent Johnson gets a rebound, scores a goal, Canada wins. You gotta give it to the uh, the Finnish team. They put up a fight. I didn't expect it to be that close, right? Yeah, great game, great tourney. And well, it's always sad seeing them laying on the ice after. Like yeah. you know, you what realize I mean? they're just young guys yeah, at yeah. the end of the World Junior Tournament when they lose in the gold medal game. Yeah, it's got whatever it's got a team it goalie. is. Yeah, you get yeah. that close, especially to beat a dynasty like Canada. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't do it, could you? Thanks to. McTavish's hot hands. Yeah. Really is one of the most incredible, like they say game of inches. This was like a centimeter mm-hmm. away from being a game ender. Oh, it was going in and for sure. a gold sure. medal for Finland. Mm-hmm. You got to watch the uh, the highlight. We'll post a clip on the uh, Taz and Jim Facebook page if you haven't seen it. But kudos to the boys. After a disappointment and having to pull out of the tournament because of COVID, They are champions in Edmonton. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Over the weekend, a big competition came to an end. You may have been following along with this online. Saw a lot of posts about the 2022 USA Mullet Championships. (laughs) Specifically, the kids division was getting a lot of uh, shares there. So funny. The Kids Mullet Championships. Well, congratulations to Emmett Bailey from Wisconsin. He has the best mullet in the United States. Nice blonde mullet. Kind of a faux hawk on top. Long locks on the side. It's almost like you you need the the big old Oakley sunglasses. The pit vipers. To, to round it out a little bit, because if you look at the third place winner, William Dale Ramsey, he's got very similar sunglasses on. <laughs> Kid, that's like if Bobby Hill was a real person that had a mullet. <laughs> and second, second place was a kid named Epic from uh, Texas. <laughs> epic. Uh, that's an epic name. Sorry, Grayson. Should have named you Epic. I've I've tried to convince my wife that we should give our kid a mullet, but she she doesn't holding, like it. She's holding strong on Come the no. On. I've seen a lot of kids running around with mullets in like uh, my hometown, Mitchell, uh, on the weekend at Cornfest. Should anyone be surprised by that, Jim? But this year it wasn't it wasn't like that five years ago. Wow! I, 
How I'm, dare surpri- you? I'm These surprised. By, stereotypes. I'm surprised by that. Why don't you grow a mullet? <laughs> I I could grow a skullet. Hulk <laughs> <laughs> <The whole> Hogan. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they seem to be coming back again. I think this is the third or fourth time in my lifetime that mullets have become cool again. Wait, when were the other times? So the 80s, obviously when you were young, for sure. 80s, and then early 2000s. Billy Ray Cyrus there was in the a, 90s? Maybe a bit of a Joe Dirt renaissance. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, hipsters wearing mullets? I That's feel true. like they yeah, were they started, for a bit. Yeah, yeah. and now it's, uh, it's the younger generation hmm. that is keeping the, the flame alive on the mullet. This is uh, winner Emmett Bailey's dad. And Emmett talking about what an honor it is to win the kids' mullet championship. Rock stars, they have mullets. I mean, it's pretty cool. He has went viral, and I can't wrap my head around it right now. He is worldwide. The intent from the get-go is just to have fun with it. And it has been wild. Everyone keeps asking, are you going to cut it off when, when the contest is done? Why would I do that? <laughs> yeah, buddy. It's not a haircut, it's a lifestyle. It's my identity now, Dad. <laughs> I don't want to disappoint you. I can never cut my mullet, Dad. <laughs> this is the most attention you've ever gotten in your life, so I'm going to keep it. It's true. This is this is one of those things where he's going to be a mullet guy for the next 50 years because like, this is his moment to shine. Yeah. It's like being a really good baseball player when you're a kid. You're going to be in love, with baseball player for the rest of your, or in love with baseball for the rest of your life. I hope he doesn't go down a bad path. <laughs> he has some good guidance. You know when you peak and you're eight years old and you win something like the USA yeah. Mullet Championship, there's always a, a risk that you know, you're going to turn to the darker side sure. of life later on to try and fill that void. Trying to chase that dragon, you know? This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. And I'm starting the week off a little stressed out, Jim. Uh-oh, why? Been getting caught up on my email this morning, and this was in my inbox. Don't recognize the sender, but it says, Your girlfriend contacted customer service and demanded to delete your account. It is our policy that we can delete your account within 36 hours if the owner is not active. This allows us to leave on the service profiles only for the users you are interested in dating, dot, dot, dot. Hmm? Oh, boy. When my wife finds out my girlfriend contacted customer service and (laughs) demanded my dating account be deleted, I'm going to be in big trouble. Uh Uh-oh, you better respond. (laughs) I did. I sent them my social insurance number and my credit card number just to be safe. That was a close one. I'm assuming it's a it's a phishing scam. It didn't name the dating app or anything. It just uh, no. trying to yeah trying to get you worried. They want you to respond, I guess, and then they go from there. Imagine if you were having an affair though, and you saw something like that. Like even if it was a scam, you'd be like, ah, uh, oh, thank God. You think you were caught there for a second? It would be stressful. One of the reasons, it's not the main reason, I've never had an affair. <laughs> okay, but one of the reasons is. I'm not organized enough. It seems stressful. Oh, yeah. Well, it depends on the nature of the affair. But sometimes you hear people with like a whole second family. Yeah. Like, a lot of juggling. Unbelievable. But even if you had to see somebody once a week, 
No thanks. Keep your story straight. Remember yeah. who who you said what to. Mm-hmm. Remember like, which phone is your real phone and your burner phone. I I do know a couple people who have gone down that route. Now, they've all been caught eventually, but some of them were pretty good at, you know, juggling multiple mm-hmm. relationships at the same time. I feel like it's sub consciously self-sabotaging like there's a deep part of you that wants to get caught because you're not happy with your relationship and you're too scared to tell them or break up with them so like you're living a lie you but you secretly want to get busted and get it over with i think yeah a lot of times self-sabotage yeah yeah but like yes we we've mentioned it before but now with uh technology too you know, you can get busted way easier by what if your wife went on your laptop and your email was open? She would yeah. assume the worst, and you're like, no, 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 it's a. Well, this is what I'm saying because you would need to stay organized, but you couldn't really put things in your daily calendar on your. <laughs> have and all notifications of a being, popping up on yeah. your phone, and all of a sudden you're keeping a day planner, <laughs> and your wife's like, "Wait a sec, what is this? There's a, there's a notification. It says wish other wife happy birthday today. <laughs> That's so specific." <laughs> <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. And we got some action, a lot going on in Hamilton, so let's do this. It's time for the Hammer Rama with... Yes, Ryan Zideman is our Hamilton producer in the Y108 studios. Hey, Ryan. Morning, guys. Did you just say <laughs> morning, guys? <laughs> I couldn't have between boys and guys. I've been there. So, yeah. Morning, guys. It's like, it's like when somebody says... Uh, how are you doing? And you say... Not much. Not much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You just> thought, <laughs> it's Monday morning, Ryan. We'll let it slide. Oh, um, tough loss. I know you're a, a Ticats super fan. Tough loss in Montreal for the boys, huh? Yeah, and uh, a one loss, one point loss as well. Walk-off field goal for the Alouettes. Yeah, it almost looked like it was going to be a, a field goal... Uh, right for the tie cats, right at the end there. Seth Small knocked it through with, I believe it was under a minute left on the clock, but that was enough time for uh, Montreal to get the ball back, get into scoring position, and, and kick the field goal as time expired. Hmm. Here's another story that people in Hamilton are talking about. You sent me this, and I thought, I was like, we talked about this, didn't we? A chicken truck crash delays traffic on Rymel Road in Hamilton early Friday. And I, I didn't we just talk about a chicken truck crashing on the air, Jim? I believe it was on the 401 as it was uh, coming onto the 401 from an on-ramp. And it was coming too fast around, and yeah, it flipped on its side. It was, that was maybe two weeks ago. It was a different chicken truck. This is a second chicken truck hmm. in the area. Yeah, the last one was on the 403 Okay, back on August 9th. So 10 days before this chicken truck flipped, another chicken truck flipped. Now, Ryan, you and your partner were driving past uh, the chaos when they were trying to clean up the chicken truck on Friday, right? 
Yeah, so this chicken truck, it looks like it was trying to turn into a plaza. There's a Walmart on Rymel. If you're familiar with the area, uh, you'll know exactly where I'm talking about. But it looked like this truck was trying to turn into that plaza. I, I don't know if Walmart's selling live chickens now, but <laughs> you, here, we, here we are. It looked like maybe he was either taking it too, too fast, just like the guy on the highway, or, or maybe he like jumped the curb or something. It was a little too top heavy and it, it just toppled over. It was on its side, the trailer, the truck, everything. Uh, and so when we drove past, they had another truck there and they were just, they had a bunch of guys and they were just taking up these chicken crates and popping them on the new truck and trying to get them on there as fast as possible. Oh, Lord. Were there loose chickens, like chickens running around? Uh, I didn't see any loose chickens, uh, but I did see some feathers on the ground. <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> it's not really funny. Those poor chickens, wow. right? What They're going to be dead in five minutes anyway <laughs> once yeah. they get to where they're going. Well, there are animal rights groups now calling for answers. Why are chicken trucks seemingly flipping over on a weekly basis in the Taz and Jim listening area. I think truck rights groups needs to get on this too. They're damaging a lot of trucks for no reasons. Yeah. Well, no thank reason. God. Like, thank God the truck flips over and lands on another car or yeah. vehicle. It could be uh, some serious consequences there. Uh, Hamilton police saying that two of the tires on the truck popped, which caused it to roll over. Hmm. So it may have been a, a tire issue there. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. No people were hurt. It's unclear if any of the birds were injured or killed. I would have to assume yes. Tough chickens, if not. Yeah. But it's the second time in 10 days a chicken truck has flipped over. Hmm. Gonna need a sign. <laughs> Slow down if you're hauling chickens. Well, it's been, it's been two days since the last chicken truck flipped over. <laughs> You know, you change the yeah, number every day or something. Yeah. Yeah. So just to be warned, these things usually come in threes, don't they? I don't know how, yeah. it, how it works. But if you're driving a chicken truck this morning, please use extra care. This is the Taz and Jim podcast.